The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Over the years on the Paracast, we've done special roundtable episodes about people in paranormal research who have made a notable contribution. Of course, we did one for Jim Mosley. We did one for John Keel, for example. And today we're going to feature a discussion about... I guess one of the unsung heroes in the field, someone a lot of people have not heard of, but certainly anyone who's studied research has, and that's David Perkins. Our guest, Chris O'Brien, who of course was the co-host of the Paracast for a number of years, we're happy to welcome back Greg Bishop, who's been lurking in the background, mysteriously. David Marler returns, and our co-host again is Tim Swartz. Chris, glad to have you back, and you sound healthier than you did the last time we had you on when we were talking with you from the hospital, right? Yeah, it's, it's, if it's not the lungs, it's the heart. If it's not the heart, it's the lungs. You know, take your pick. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. Um, I've got a lot of uh, stuff that I've been involved with, got a lot on my plate. I have to stay healthy as I can to live up to all my commitments and um, follow through with all my plans. and. There's places to go, missions to accomplish, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. So you're among your tasks are to change the courses of mighty rivers and bend steel with your bare hands, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hercules had nothing on me. <laughs> yeah, that was from the introduction to Superman, the adventures of Superman. Change yeah. the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare, you know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. he, uh, Hercules was the original Superman, so... Anyway, yeah, it's kind of a sad, a sad occasion, but um, in another way, I guess it's it's a celebration of an unsung hero, as you as you uh, I think aptly aptly named him. David Perkins was my mentor, my teacher for thirty years. He uh, guided uh, my thinking uh, in in very subtle ways, but um, I always took uh, especially close attention when. He would bring up uh, certain things about my thinking, and uh, and he was very methodical uh, in how he approached life and um, and these wonderful subjects that we're also enamored by, and and uh, would like to see uh, more clarity involving UFOs. And uh, in David's case, he was especially enamored with well, maybe not enamored is not the right word, but he was absolutely intrigued uh, to no end about the un unexplained livestock death mystery. And that really drove him. Uh, 
everything else kind of fell by the wayside in his research life because he, he came up uh, later in his years, uh, within the last couple of years, he came up with a very interesting formula, which um, I, I think is, is extremely insightful and gives you a sense of his thinking. He felt that UFOs were our key to understanding consciousness. He said, but in order for us to really understand UFOs, we have to understand the cattle death mystery. That is to UFOs what UFOs are to consciousness. If you think about it, uh, it, it doesn't really, I guess on the surface, it's kind of doesn't make sense. But if you're aware of the width and breadth of research and, um, and thinking that has gone into that summation, uh, I think, at least I, 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 I think it's a very, very spot on um, observation. I think the, and he, he thought that the un, unexplained livestock death or cattle mutilation phenomenon, I, we tugged in back and forth on that term for years. I, I tried to get him to stop using it. He said, well, it's already a fait incomplete. We're not going to be able to change that. Hey, look what they did with UFOs, right? Now it's the, uh, the UAP, the new branding of UFOs. I tried to rebrand it 30 years ago with UAD, you know, unexplained animal deaths, and uh, it never stuck. The whole mutilation thing is, is uh, what drove David in his thinking. Uh, he was one of a handful of... Ivy League postgraduate students uh, who dared get down and dirty in the trenches in the slime uh, pits of ufology and the paranormal. I mean, I, I don't know of any other besides uh, John Mack, maybe Danny Sheehan. I, I think he went to Georgetown. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, other Ivy League postgraduate students that have, have actually publicly uh, allow themselves to be associated with these subjects. I mean, it's, uh, it's absolutely social suicide in the kinds of social circles that those people normally travel in. But David didn't care. He, he really felt that this was a key to understanding biology, key to understanding our link to the planet. Um, it, um, the last 20 years of his life, he became very, very uh, involved in in Gaia theory and, and uh, earth science, um, you know, James Lovelock's work and, and others, um, that, uh, saw the planet as a, as a living, um, conscious in, in some way, superorganism. And David, or Izzy as I called him, uh, he, he earned <laughs> an interesting nickname, uh. Wait, now hold on a second. I want to ask you how he became Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, before I met him, I, I, I've known, uh, I had known David, uh, beginning in, uh, June of, well, actually May of 1993. And we literally spent a month on the phone together and I finally got over to meet him in June. I brought my band over and played at the, at a big party that he had over there. I'll, I'll talk about the Libre Commune, uh, later, but, um, uh, he, back in the late 70s, had written a book called Altered States, which was a conversation that got transcribed and put down into a book form. And uh, in it, he was called uh, Izzy Zane. In other words, Izzy Sane. Um, and it was a joke that somebody came up with when they heard him talking about the battle mutilations. And, and they said, yeah, we should start questioning your sanity. 
and and so I don't know exactly how the how the name came up or who who coined it, but anybody who really knew him in the uh, uh, investigative realms uh, knew him as Izzy Zane and or Izzy the Iz Man. <laughs> so everybody gets their their strange kind of nicknames, and that's how I guess he got his. It's I never called him David ever. Uh, he was always Izzy to me or or his. And uh, he, uh, again, was uh, a, a very, very stalwart uh, presence uh, at the Eureka conference every year that uh, Lou Farish uh, started back in the 80s and then all the way through the 90s into about 2005 or six. It was quite the, the conference. I only had the good fortune of being able to attend uh, four straight years. Uh, I think 95 through 99, right when it really got rolling. And uh, it became a real uh, raucous affair uh, at the Lone Star Bar, which was kind of ran by Gary Massey and Tom Adams, the two individuals that really began the whole small community of mutilation researchers in the 70s. Um, they were running around uh, in 73 through 75. Um, they met David in 75, and then they became real close research buddies and, and uh, would, you know, during the ebbing and flowing of, of case reports uh, being filed around the country, they would keep in close touch and had quite a network of branches and law enforcement officials and others. And... Uh, the whole Eureka thing was a way for them to get together every year and compare notes and talk about things that maybe they didn't want to talk about over the phone. And uh, Tom Adams especially was uh, very careful about some of the things that he would he would discuss over the phone. Let's break and, in here, guys. Uh, Let's break in. Okay, Chris O'Brien, David Mahler, Greg Bishop, Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg, all-star cast, except for me, of course. I'm not an egomaniac, except on radio. You're in the Ferret Cast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue with our roundtable about the late David Perkins, or Izzy, as he is called. We have Chris O'Brien. Greg Bishop, David Marler, and Gene and Tim. Chris, we interrupted you rudely, which is our want. What more do you have to say about Izzy before we continue with our other guests? Well, you know, just that I felt um, because he was not a self-promoter, he had no real interest in becoming some sort of personality or making money. Or um, a lot of people in this field get into the field uh, because maybe they they feel inadequate or in, insecure about uh, their place 
in their line of work, let's say, or, or what they've chosen as an avocation. And, and I think we have a fair number of people who get involved in the, the paranormal and, and UFOs and, and the like because they think it's an easy path to riches and fame or something, which <laughs> all of us here present know that's not even a pipe dream. That's kind of wishful thinking at, at the best, at best. And he wasn't, he wasn't really involved in all these subjects and the meticulous uh, research that he did. He was the most methodical and, and meticulous researcher that I personally have ever met and known. A few people have come close, but uh, he kind of st stood head and shoulders above everybody. He filed away everything. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how the disposition of those files goes. There's still some... Uh, question about how all that uh, decades of, of meticulous filing and, and work, uh, where all that information is going to end up. I know David Marler got some books, but in terms of the files and whatnot, it's still an open question as to the disposition of, of a lot of that work, especially the, the hard, hard uh, drives that um, he had a lot of this on. In any case, um, I work closely with David he was uh, he was very very important uh, and instrumental in my growth as a investigator researcher and more importantly as an analyst and thinker. It's not by accident that every single book that I wrote had a foreword by David, except for my last book, which Greg Bishop wrote the foreword and David wrote the introduction. And uh, we were in the midst of kind of getting into the to the home stretch on a follow up book to my most recent book, Stalking the Herd. We were going to uh, analyze Stalking the Herd, and we did it with a series of, I don't know, probably 600 pages transcribed of, of uh, conversations that we had in, uh, I think, 15 or 16 separate weekends where we got together and spent two or three days uh, discussing the various aspects of uh, Stalking the Herd that we felt deserved analysis and, and some more work. This being the case, I'm hoping that I can get a hold of all our notes and everything that were kept over there with David and and finish up that book dedicated to his memory because he, more than anybody in, in, in terms of the unexplained livestock death phenomena, more than anyone, he was he was the premier thinker and uh, and he deserves to have this book finished. Greg Bishop, first welcome back. It's been quite a while since you've been on the Paracast, right. and we're hopefully we'll get you back more often. In the meantime, can you tell us about your encounters with David Perkins? I was introduced to David by Chris. He said, you guys really have to meet. When was that, Chris? Like seven, eight, nine years ago? I don't know. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, yeah, almost 10 years ago, I would think, at this point. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, I started talking with him, with David. We realized we Chris was right. We had a lot of stuff to say to each other. He informed a lot of the things that I was interested in, and he taught me so much about his point of view, his research, his um, ideas about what the cattle mutilation phenomenon was. And, you know, in between him and Chris and uh, uh, Gabe Valdez, the state police, Officer, uh, late Gabe Valdez, Gabe Valdez, that gave me a pretty good um, handle on what, what my opinion of the mutilations are or could be. 
and none of them, well, the exception of uh, Gabe, because he was a cop, but Chris and David, they have ideas about it, but they don't have specific ideas. Their specific ideas are are changeable as new information comes in, which doesn't happen very often. Uh, that's one thing I really admired, admired David for was his ability to change his opinion or his point of view based on new and reliable data or you know something that was that was verifiable and a lot of people especially in ufo I mean, <laughs> a lot of people now because they think they know better than anyone but a lot of people in the ufo and and mutilation and anomalies arena they form an idea about something and and then they just sit in a corner and fight people off defending that idea no matter how silly it starts to look after a while um David didn't do that. And uh, I visited him, I think, maybe five or six times, a couple times with Chris. And uh, there was a documentary, I think, that Adam Gorightly was involved with. And so I was at the house when they interviewed him for that. Yeah, and he would bounce ideas off of me, which I thought was bizarre because I thought, you know so much more about this than I do. Um but we would, you know, he would he he, he would gently and politely um, challenge me uh, with my ideas. Um, I mean, to the point where we had we would have a spirited debate, but we would never be antagonistic with each other. And this is the way, you know, my opinions were formed and uh, my I, I, attitudes about the mutilations changed. So, yeah, as Chris said, a, a towering intellect. Um, very uh his integrity i think was beyond reproach and um a kind of a silent guru i mean i think that's why we're talking about him here right now uh he was and when i went to visit him he was he was very um always really happy to see me and accommodating let me stay at his place and um all i had to do was talk to him and occasionally bring him bring him food from places around santa fe which is where he lived <laughs> Actually, I didn't have to, but I did anyway. Um, especially the last time I saw him, I brought him some uh, ham and cheese and red, red, uh, green chili croissants from uh, a bakery in town. Went over and visited him. We visited for about two hours on August 1st, and then he passed away on August, what was it, 20th? Uh, I think. 20th, 22nd, something like that. Yeah, so, the 20th. Yeah, 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 yeah. At, when I got there, he, he said, well, I guess it's the last time. And I said, David, don't say that. I'll see you again in a couple of months. He said, well, okay. And I gave him a big hug, and I never saw him again. So there is something <laughs> that anecdote about it. You're not, you may never see somebody again, so always make it meaningful and, and, uh, and uh, friendly and loving. And that, that's, that's what it was. I'm a, a complete supporter and gentleman and all that to the end. We have Greg, Gene, Tim, Chris, David. Sounds like we've got a quartet here. We're going to start a band. All right, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. A news update. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel is at war after Gaza militants launched a surprise attack Saturday morning, firing thousands of rockets and entering Israel by land, sea, and air using paragliders. At least 300 people have died and thousands of others are wounded in Israel. Fighting continued throughout the day and a fresh round of rocket attacks hit Tel Aviv and other areas on Saturday evening. A recent study reveals that the U.S. economy suffered nearly a $4 billion blow due to the United Auto Workers strike. The losses in Compass reduced workers' wages and production dips at the big three automakers' plants. The research firm Anderson Economic Group, based in Michigan, also factors in added expenses for suppliers, dealers, and consumers. And New Yorkers could see up to several inches of rain. New York City's flash flood emergency plan is in effect. Governor Kathy Hochul is warning people on Long Island and in the Hudson Valley about rain and flooding today. Skip Kelly, USA News. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m., and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. 
MyPatriotSupply.com. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right, we continue. We have David, Gene, Greg, Tim, and Chris. And I will miss somebody in one time. They'll be screaming and yelling at me, but they can just get in line. That's about it. Were you had something more to say, Greg, before we go to David? I was trying to express how uh, happy I was to see him that one last time because I was I was going to go out and see him. Uh, he was going to be interviewed by uh, some TV show. That didn't work out. But I decided to go out to visit New Mexico and, and take a friend. And I thought, I should stop and see David Perkins. So I gave him a call, and he said, come on by. And he actually did not look that bad, but I, I could tell he was uh, he had slowed down quite a bit. So, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a um, privilege for me to talk to him at least one more time. And that's, that's it. it. And I miss him. David Marler, tell us about your encounters with David Perkins. Yeah, well, much like Chris, I've always called him Izzy. <laughs> so I can tell you exactly where I met Izzy, but I can't exactly tell you when. As Chris alluded to, uh, one of the uh, staples within the UFO paranormal community was the Ozark UFO Conference, which which is called today. Back then, it was the Eureka Springs UFO Conference. So I lived in St. Louis at the time, and myself and a contingent of UFO enthusiasts would go down to Eureka Springs, and I got to know Lou Farish, who was the host for many, many years until he passed. As Chris alluded to, most of the activity took place during the daytime in the lecture halls, but once that last lecture was over, you better be at the Lone Star Bar. Many late nights uh, there, I was always kind of sitting in the background. I had just gotten involved in UFOs in 1990, and I really was just trying to be a fly on the wall and listening to all these people. And as Chris alluded to, Izzy was a researcher with a capital R. I mean, he was the epitome of a researcher. Quite often, and I think my colleagues on, on the, the group call here will agree, a lot of people say they're researchers or they reference their research. And a lot of times when you really drill down, it's them surfing the Internet. Izzy was boots in the field, as Chris alluded to, uh, especially in his earlier days. Of course, as he got older, uh, a lot of that shifted to more academic work and studying multiple fields. You know, Greg mentioned going to his home in Santa Fe. I've been there. Chris has been there. That was just a small fraction of his library. But he had a prodigious library between Santa Fe and Colorado on various topics. Uh, you know, I almost would call him a renaissance man in that sense. He studied so many different disciplines and fields, as Greg alluded to. His theories and opinions would shift over time, but I had to dig out from my archives uh, earlier today. There was a quote that I remembered reading from an early newspaper, and I dug it out because I want to make sure I quoted him appropriately. And this, I think, touches on the humility that Chris alluded to. It says, the only thing that makes sense about the mutilations is that they make no sense at all. And of course, that was earlier in his research days. But I think that speaks to the fact that he had a lot of data, he had a lot of information, but he never claimed to have the gospel truth. And I think it's humbling when you can sit there and say, I've got a lot of data, but I don't necessarily have any answers. But he was 
<laughs> committed. And in fact, uh, one of the few times that I met with him before he passed, we were sitting there at the, his kitchen table and we were discussing all the years and time that we put into the field. You know, Izzy with his research and myself with mine and certainly the individuals on the call today as well. And I said, yeah, Izzy, I said, you know, we're committed or maybe we should be. <laughs> he just started laughing. I always liked his dry sense of humor. He was just a great, great individual. And I think that, you know, Chris has, has definitely followed in his footsteps, uh, you know, boots in the field, you know, doing all of the, the legwork, truly doing research. Again, there's so many people out there that use that word very loosely, but uh, unfortunately, they don't have the work ethic to back that up. Obviously, you know, he was involved with so many people, um, you know, Gary Massey. And, you know, the people that were at Eureka Springs at that time, it was a kind of a loyal group that used to show up year after year. And it was just uh, intriguing because uh, I think I also met George Wingfield for the first time in 1993 at that same conference. And we have to keep in mind, especially for younger listeners uh, to the show, that uh, this was before really the Internet was fully in swing. And so it was by virtue of some of those conferences that you had people of like mind and similar interests uh, that would get together and share ideas, share thoughts. I've often said, you know, you learn more in the hallways and in the uh, hotel rooms afterwards than you do in the lecture hall. Many of my dear closest friends, uh, you know, and colleagues like Izzy and, and others, we met at those conferences. And so it, it's been kind of a, a you know, collaborative effort in that sense. But uh I also found it interesting in talking to Izzy that he was down in Ellsbury, Missouri in 1978, uh, I think about three years after he got involved in the subject. And Ellsbury, Missouri was something that, as a child growing up in St. Louis, really was kind of pivotal in shaping my interest in UFOs and cattle mutilations. And I lived in St. Louis. Ellsbury is just about an hour or so northwest of there. And at the time, it had garnered a lot of newspaper and TV media coverage. And years later, uh, it was interesting because through a, a mutual friend, I actually got in touch with the city marshal, John Livengood, who was at the epicenter of all these UFO sightings and cattle mutilations. And so it was interesting uh, getting to know him. And then years later, mentioning that to Izzy, he's like, oh, yeah, he goes, I was down there. We, you know, we were down there when all that was going on. And so it was interesting that, you know, as I was just a child at the time, that, you know, Izzy was already out there in the field collecting data and uh, doing what he did best, uh, assembling information and trying to find patterns and meaning behind a lot of this. And, uh, you know, also, I, I think it should be said that he was uh, also a presenter at the uh, 1979 uh, cattle mutilation conference that was held here in Albuquerque. Um, uh, Senator Harrison Schmidt. Speaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, Chris. And so, you know, I think it was important that he presented that data at that conference, although the FBI, I think the FBI did uh, to cattle mutilations with that conference what Project Blue Book did with UFOs. But that's that's another conversation for another time. But uh, but, you know, Izzy was in the forefront at the time and continued to do so. And yeah, again, like some of the people on the call here, uh, committed years and literally decades of their life uh, on their own time, on their own dime doing that. And um you know, I don't see a lot of young up-and-comers that have that ethic that Izzy had. And also the humility that Chris uh, very appropriately touched on. I found Izzy to be a very humble individual. And like, like Chris said, it wasn't about him. It was about the information. It was about the subject. It was about the data. 
And, you know, whether in UFO circles or otherwise, you know, finding that level of humility is, is very rare to come by today. And so I, I appreciated him as a human being. I appreciated him as a researcher. Uh, again, I appreciated his dry sense of humor. And like Greg alluded to, you know, seeing him in those later days, it was sad. But at the same time, I, I'll, I'll cherish those memories, you know, going up there and, and gathering some of his books that he wanted to have preserved. And um, it was also the most human experience that I had with Izzy because he confided in me, again, as Greg and, and Chris can, can attest, sitting at his kitchen table there off the kitchen there. Um, he was just saying how surreal it was knowing that he was facing his mortality and how humbling that was. And I told him, I said, you know, Izzy, I'd be lying if I said I know what you're going through because I don't. I said, until you're in that situation, you don't know. And, you know, and then we'd segue and talk about something else related to the paranormal subject or, you know, some individual that we knew in the subject. But he was a great man. And um, like I said, uh, researchers like that don't don't come very often. I think Chris would agree. You know, the old phrase, we stand on the shoulder of giants. And, you know, this was Chris. Chris's mentor. And, you know, I have other individuals in the UFO field that were my mentors who have passed. And ironically enough, uh, Gene, you know, within days uh, of losing uh, Izzy, we lost Lee Spiegel in the UFO community. So at, at that time, it was a double whammy for me. It was, you know, losing one friend and colleague, but then losing two with quite literally within a matter of days of each other. We have David and Greg and Chris and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique 
unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We continue. Special roundtable about the late David Perkins, known as Izzy. One of the unsung heroes of UFO and paranormal research, where he spent years looking into different phenomena, but he didn't come out with a bunch of best-selling books. Chris, I was wondering here, obviously he had a big collection of material accumulated all those decades. What's going to happen to it? Yeah, that's an interesting question. We try to cover this um, particular subject with uh, sensitivity and some uh, diplomacy. Uh, his partner, long time, uh, she, she and he were together, I think, uh, about 20, 25 years. They, uh, they had a rather contentious relationship. She did not think that his, uh, the amount of time and, and brain power that he was putting into his research work was really appropriate. Um, comments like, uh, when will you two little boys grow up and stop, uh, you know, mystery mongering and, and, uh, you know, mental masturbation and, you know, these types of, of quips. Uh, she just she just hated it. She really did not like that he was involved in, in these subjects. And uh, it, it just doesn't go over at cocktail parties. 
what do you do, David? Oh, he's a mutilation researcher. She, it, it, she abhorred it. And, you know, when people like me uh, kept his <laughs> juices flowing and kept him invigorated and kept him, you know, searching and reaching and, and digging and, and thinking about this stuff, she really uh, resented it. Uh, having said that, uh, you know, she really doesn't want to talk about about uh, all that stuff with me. She's really, uh, I'm, I'm abs absolutely scared to death about what's going to happen, the disposition of all, of all that uh, wonderful research that's meticulously uh, filed and, and, and you know, it, it's sitting there. Plus the hard drive that all our book work was on, We all our note-taking uh, was captured onto that particular drive. Uh, it's. I, I'm. I'm just hoping that uh, my two friends here, David and Greg, will help me uh, somehow uh, get through the minefields and uh, and get get her to, you know, to really. I mean, this is historical data as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's a treasure trove of a man's uh, a brilliant man's uh, thinking process and 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 all of the uh, elements that that brought him to the place that he was in his thinking. And I think it would be a horrible shame if it ended up in a, in a dumpster like Tom Adams, his entire files. They had to get one of those big giant, uh, you know, construction dumpsters to, to throw away all his files because the family didn't know where, where to send it. Uh, Gary Massey, he freaking killed himself and burnt his house down on all his files. Uh, and some uh, in a storage unit that nobody knows whatever happened to them. Uh, it's it's just a shame that individuals should go through their whole lives and, and have, you know, all these roadblocks, uh, social and and, uh, and and other uh, types of roadblocks thrown up in in their way the, the whole time, and then all of it is 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 either burnt or ends up in a landfill. It's just tragic. And so, you know, I'm really, I, I, I hope for the best. I, I, I think she realizes that, that his work was important and that, uh, you know, people down, down from here on out after him are going to uh, somehow uh, be in a position to appreciate all the hard work that he, he put into it. And he, when I say meticulous, I mean, the guy, he, he was so organized and everything was in its place he, he got he could pull out articles from you know back in the 60s and you know at, at, at fingertips you know he wouldn't have to go searching around for stuff I mean he knew where everything was and um, you know I helped him uh, back in the you know late 90s early 2000s when he was still you know I mean he still to, to, to his dying day wrote every all his notes out in longhand. I mean, he's, he still never really did uh, completely uh, transition over to digital uh, and to typing. Uh, all his writing that he did, for instance, was all in longhand. Uh, very beautiful script, and, and he would do everything like that and then, then get it transcribed by somebody. Uh, so he, he was an old-school guy. He, he, you could tell. I mean, he, he was the class of, uh, <laughs> class of 68 at Yale. Excuse me. And um, so, you know, he grew up in the, in the 50s, and, and, uh, and, and it showed. Uh, he, you know, he would open car doors for, for women and, 
was just a, a gentleman uh, and and kind of old school, and I, I really appreciated that about him. But uh, I'm really hoping that, uh, in answer to your question, Gene, that we uh, that we're going to be able to, you know, report that uh, all that uh, wonderful research has been properly uh, passed along uh, and saved, uh, you know, for posterity. I mean, at the very least, and and for the for the success success uh, and health of his brand of thinking. You know, that sounds an awful lot like um, Philip Mantle of uh, Flying Disc Press, who, you know, is still with us, but he saw the handwriting on the wall uh, with his wife and knew that uh, she would just chuck everything out once he left, and so he bundled all of his files and materials up, and David, I think he sent them to you, didn't he? He did, Tim, and, you know, what Chris is uh, describing for the audience is a systemic problem that we have in this field. So many collections, literally one-of-a-kind items and bits of information have been relegated to landfills and trash dumpsters. And, you know, that, that's one of the things I'm trying to do is try to preserve the history. But as Chris alluded to, when, when someone, you know, passes like that, it's kind of a tenuous situation sometimes dealing with family and, you know, trying to be sensitive to the situation. But yet, you know, trying to ensure that, as Chris alluded to, this legacy, which is what it is, this legacy is preserved and lives on for other researchers, which is what I think Izzy would want. Now, I don't know, um, and this is for the audience's sake, who, who may not be uh, that familiar with the situation, but how did he first become interested in the whole uh, uh, um, um, anomalous uh, animal mutilation thing in the first place? Oh, that's, that's pretty simple. <laughs> he... He had heard about some cases, uh, the early cases, the pre-75. Everything that happened in this realm pre-75 was uh, there was only a handful of people, uh, Tom Adams and Gary Massey being the ones that spring to mind, uh, that were another, uh, uh, an APRO uh, investigator named Don Richmond, who actually investigated the original um, case of this type, the Snippy the Horse case in 67. John Keel, Ivan Sanderson, they investigated some cases in the late 60s, early, I think, 68, 69, in the upper uh, Ohio River Valley. And I think David had heard about these things, but it, it, it didn't really register in his mind. It wasn't until the 75 uh, uh, just onslaught of cases in Colorado that it really, you know, it, 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 it it, it just kind of made him perk his ears up and say, well, you know, this this is genuinely weird. What's going on here? All these ranches can't be delusional. Uh, there's got to be something to it. And then there was a case that happened that is literally <laughs> the entrance to the the Libre uh, community that he lived in. Now, now we got a flashback to 1967 and 68. David Perkins was uh, studying, uh, I think at this point he was working on his master's in political science, American studies at Yale. And he was studying um, um, alternative living uh, uh, or communes, uh, if you will, that were springing up, uh, you know, around at the end of the 60s. Uh, there was 
the farm in, in Tennessee, which uh, which he knew about uh, him being from Tennessee. And there were other communes in California and up and down the, the West Coast. And, and in, in Colorado, there was a number of them, including Wavy Gravy's The Pig Farm. Well, he went out to study a group of people and, and, and look at the process from the beginning, you know, from the inception of it. And, and so he knew somebody that was part of a group that was going to start a commune called Libre, which was um, located just east of Gardner uh, in Ferrisita, Colorado. Let's break it here and we'll continue with that discussion. More about David Perkins with Gene, Chris, David, and Greg. And we are the fifth dimension for the paranormal field. You're in the Pedicast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Chris, you were telling us about David Perkins' encounter with people who were running communes. I remember those from the 60s and 70s, but you don't hear about those much today, do you? Well, you don't, but Libre is still going strong. I guess largely due to the fact that Izzy was able to help these people through some really nasty, you know, some, he went through some really hard times with water issues, with 
zoning issues, with insurance issues, with political problems, with educational problems, you name it. You know, David was the padrone, basically. He was the daddy of the community. He, he helped negotiate through all these pitfalls and, and minefields. So basically, he went native, I think it would be the term in the military uh, or the intelligence community. He went to study the community and and to kind of document for his dissertation of how this community was organized, how it got set up. And then he was going to, I think in his original thinking, he was going to keep touching bases with them and, and see how they progressed. Well, he ended up moving there and building one of the first houses. That's how I met him, is uh, the Libre 25th anniversary party in 93. I went there and, and had a huge party. But half the valley showed up there. It was a, an annual event that hundreds of people would show up. And I went there and had a great time and spent three days there. And I think it was four days. And then I went back over the hill uh, to the San Luis Valley. He was in the Huerfano Valley. I was in the San Luis Valley. And we were only about 20 miles apart, but it took three and a half hours to get there because you had to go all the way around the mountains. Anyway, I told my brother about this great party and time I had. He said, well, uh, give him a call, you know, and let me meet him over the phone. So we did. And he said, come on back over. And so we came over. I, I spent a week there. That's how I met him. Now flashing forward to 1975 and when all these cases are happening in Colorado, right at the entrance to Libre, there's one road in and one road out. And right at the gate, on the other side of the gate to the neighboring farmer, he had a mutilation right there at, at the door, next to the, to the road, right at the gate. And so Izzy saw this and he, he, he freaks out and he goes, oh, my God, this is one of those those cattle mutilations. And he's checking it out and. You know, he's kind of taking notes. He's poking around a little bit, and he uh, called up the, the rancher. Uh, I, I don't think the rancher even spoke to him. And he ended up calling up the sheriff, and he went into town to talk to the sheriff about it. And David said, well, who do you think is doing this? And, and the sheriff said, well, you're our chief suspect. <laughs> we think it's you. And he said, well, why would you think that? And he says, because there were blood drops that were going from the animal onto the Libre property, headed up towards your place. <laughs> and so his very first case, he was the chief suspect. I've always found that that irony just, just so appropriate uh, for some reason. So that's how he got involved. And uh, from that point on, he was a man on a mission. He traveled around the West, the Rocky Mountains and, and uh, the Midwest. He spent, uh, I think, a week, as David uh, mentioned, in Ellsbury, uh, Missouri, and uh, was also very interested in Momo, which was the Bigfoot character that was seen uh, in the months prior to the to the outbreak of UFO sightings and, and uh, well, actually the outbreak of the mutilations. There were UFO sightings all through that period, but <laughs> he was really amazed at how mutilations had suddenly become embedded, you know, forcibly into the culture. He said that, that people were in Ellsbury were camping out in, in lawn chairs, uh, waiting for the UFOs to come and were selling T-shirts, you know, you know, watch your cows if you bring them to Ellsbury. And he said there was a whole little cottage industry that sprung up. And, you know, it was like like the scene in, in uh, Close Encounters where they're they're all picnicking and they have their signs and, and uh, they're ready to flash their lights and fire off bottle rockets or whatever. He said it was it was it was like a festive atmosphere around this horrific animal deaths, you know, and he actually went out there with Bill McIntyre. Uh, I met later in, in the early '90s. It was the last manager 
for the Firesign Theater. So a lot of good jokes, I think, uh, came out of that particular field trip. But he had one case that was very, very peculiar. He was headed up to Montana, and he was driving up I-25, which is the, you know, the, goes up the whole front range there, curves out of northern New Mexico and goes up, uh, you know, the east of the Rockies all the way up through Colorado, through Wyoming, up to Montana. He had stopped at a, a truck stop to, I think he had a station wagon. He was just sleeping in the back and, and he stopped to, to get some, I think he was in Wyoming, if I remember, and to get some sleep. And he woke up and right in the field next to him was a mutilated cow. And it happened, you know, 100, 100, 200 yards away. Never heard or saw a thing. And um, I think he was even in Perkins County or there was some, there was a, a bunch of very weird coincidences uh, and synchronicities that happened. And that happened a lot. That was something that, that he and I, we just reveled over some of the synchronistic uh, name uh, play and and weird timing of events, how things seem to be all connected on some weird, uh, almost a super numinal level. Uh, those were some of the things that really fascinated him and me, for that matter. And really kept us going. And uh, so, yeah, he, he, he got initially involved uh, because he was out in Colorado. Uh, you know, and we could talk about his time in, in <laughs> Yale where he was, for his first two years, he was George W. Bush's roommate, uh, dorm mate. I wanted to ask you about that. Now, <laughs> understand we get really ragged on by listeners if we dare to discuss the P word for politics. Right, right. But uh, this is the guy's roommate for two years. Yeah, and I yeah, think no, maybe no for a few moments in this segment and the next, you can tell us the secrets that he never revealed. Can you tell us what really happened in 2000 election? <laughs> well, I can tell you what happened just after it. Uh, they had um, they had the 35th an- uh, anniversary party for for the Yale graduates. For all 360 of them, I think there were. And um, so Bush had them all over for, to the White House for dinner uh, you know, with, with a date. So, you know, it was a dinner for 700-something. And uh, uh, a, a very interesting occurrence happened while, while um, they were there. Uh, Bush was sitting at the bottom of the stairs going up to the residence and I guess this was after dinner, and, and all the, the women were fawning on him and ooing and aahing. And, oh, Mr. President, you know, you, you, you haven't changed since uh, Yale, you know, and all this type of stuff. And he's kind of sitting there watching this whole thing. Now, he, he had been the guy that nobody knew what happened to him, you know. All the other guys were like bankers and lawyers and doctors and, and stuff, and there's, the Skull and Bones guys were doing their thing, and but Izzy was, you know, he was he was hidden away in the mountains of Colorado in a commune. So he was kind of like one of the guys you see, you know, on the on the the bulletin boards. You know, anybody know what happened to David Perkins? You know, and when he showed up, he hadn't seen W for you know decades. And so I think uh, I don't even think uh, W even recognized him in the, in the. Uh, you know, the welcoming line where they stand there and they, they talk to you for a second and move on and you shake your hand. But but David saw a chance for him to to, to 
to dash in and, and kind of get some one-on-one time with him as he's sitting there at the bottom of the staircase with his two handlers, you know, making sure these women don't monopolize his time and, you know, kind of, you know, playing custodians to his, uh, to his, uh, his presidential self there. And so Izzy, uh, Izzy started talking to him, and, and, uh, and Bush instantly, you know, recognized him. David, where have you been? You know, what's been up? So he gave him a quick, quick summation of <laughs> where he had been. And uh, at one point, uh, you know, this was right on the buildup. I, I think it, this would have been March of 2002. We were getting ready to go into Iraq big time. And, uh, and so uh, at one point, uh, David said, well, I bet you can't wait to go in there and kick some A-Rab butt, huh, there, George? Okay, that's a good cliffhanger. That's a terrific cliffhanger. We have Greg and Gene and Tim and David, and I don't think I left anyone out. Chris, you're in. There we Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. 
So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Seven million children suffer from asthma more than any other chronic disease. Most asthma attacks are caused by allergic reactions to allergens, including those left behind by cockroaches and mice. In fact, 82% of U.S. households contain mouse allergens, and cockroaches are found in up to 98% of urban homes. How can you protect your family? Find out at PestWorld.org. A message from the National Pest Management Association and the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris O'Brien talking about David Perkins, who apparently was the roommate for W for two years at Yale, which proves, of course, that W did go to Yale. And we were in the middle of a story. This is around the build-up to the Iraq War. David Perkins is at the White House talking to the president. Chris, go on. Well, again, uh, David, you know, they got over the small talk, and then there was kind of a lull, and David said, well, I I just wanted to kind of test test him a little bit. So, you know, I kind of jokingly said, hey, I bet you can't wait to go, go into Iraq and kick some Arab butt, huh? And Bush... His eyes went open wide, he stood straight up, ramrod stiff, and started saying over and over in a monotone robotic voice, I must be humble, I must be humble, I must be humble. Everybody standing around just was, you know, he said everybody's mouth was open and, and they, his handlers grabbed him and hustled him upstairs. And he was gone for the evening. That was it. No more W. So, it sounds like he was a robot. You know, it's you think well, of one of the Star Trek episodes fight. where they kind of screw around with the intelligence of a robot and the robot starts self-defeating itself? Well, he was a human being, Gene, so the, the analogy is is, uh, is pretty weak. The other time that um, something strange like that happened was when the original group of guys that used to hang out, the W and Izzy, and, and W would, you know, he at one point had tried to make a illegal still in the dorm room with a galvanized garbage can to make some alcohol. Put a bunch of food in there and some yeast, you know how the how it goes, prison jack or whatever they call it. And not realizing that you can't do it in a galvanized garbage can because all the galvanized galvanizing material will leach into the alcohol. And he almost killed a couple of guys and a couple of guys I think went blind. Izzy was blind for two weeks. W had to do his homework. <laughs> but um David didn't remember exactly when this happened, but it was either the 
he thinks it was spring uh, their junior year, I think, the spring break, when they all went home, and uh, uh, W went up to Kenny Bunkport. And it, by this point, he was a party guy. I mean, he was, you know, Mr. Man About Campus. He was a major party guy. And uh, that being the case, uh, you know, he kind of his hair was getting long, and he was... It was 67, 66, so you know the you know the drill from the time period. He was just uh, kind of going along with the crowd and uh, loved his Budweiser. And so he, he went home, and when he got back, he had a butch hair, you know, a military haircut, and was quoting Bible verse. Now, this is a big, major turnaround for somebody in just a matter of a week or so. <laughs> And that's when he, he kind of fell out with them. Uh, they didn't really have much in common after that, and, and that's about when their friendship, and, and I, I, I think he, they were no longer uh, doormates at that point. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that was kind of the end of their friendship in terms of being close friends. Um, but an uh, interesting thing uh, that happened later on during the run-up to the, two, you know, the 2000 election, Somehow word got out that David Perkins had the goods on W, you know, about his time in college. And so Rolling Stone contacted him and said, hey, you know, we want to do this expose on what uh, what W was like, you know, when he was younger. And, you know, we hear, well, you're the guy to talk to. And he says, absolutely not. I'm not going to tussle with, with the Bushes. No way. And so... They came back a second time, and they offered him money, a lot of money. And he said, no, no way. He, 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 it never entered his mind to say yes. Then as it got closer to the election, he started having a change of heart. He started to realize how close it was going to be. He thought he thought that Gore would win easily, uh, um, being a, a uh, left-leaning Democrat as he was, David that is, and uh, so you know he he's starting to have a you know change of heart. Maybe maybe I should do this. And he, he I was talking to him, saying, "Man, come on, dude, blow the dude out of the water. All these stories you told me. Oh my God, even if it's really just a you know who knows, it could be a close election, and that could really." really be a key thing and he, he was really thinking about it and I I made a trip to New York in December 99 and uh, I had dinner with a, this woman who Carolyn uh, Minkus uh, she's no longer with us but she was interested in, in possibly uh, providing some funding to set up a research center and I was being introduced to her by by two women that were uh, highly placed at the, uh, in the in the community that I lived in, and one of them uh, worked uh, for someone at the UN, and they they lived in New York, and so we had uh, we had a meeting at the at the St. Regis uh, Hotel. You know, a thousand dollar shots of cognac. I was like, whoa! And uh, at one point. None of this ever, not, not, no talk about politics or any of this stuff came up. And at one point, the two women 
they left uh, the table to go to the powder room and talk about something I forget and they, they were trying to help me uh, you know wrangle this this woman she was very very well wrangle her uh, help and so I think they were comparing notes on, on where the conversations were going and all that and so me and this this woman were alone at the table and she looked at me and she says you know you have an election coming up and there's people out there that think that they can they can swing swing this election for for Gore but they don't have a chance the bushes they play they play hardball they're going to win this and if anybody thinks that they're not the bushes will take care of them and their friends too and i'm sitting here instantly go into this place of absolute paranoia <laughs> and uh the girls come back we finish you know our get together and i never get the funding i go back to uh to colorado and of course the first thing i do is tell izzy this and he he freaked he said rolling stone just offered me almost a quarter of a million dollars and based on what you just said i there's no way i'm going to do it he didn't do it if he had done it he could have changed history so <laughs> whoa that was, that was i've never told that story before publicly uh that was that was the the, the first time i ever saw him uh really have profound regret that he didn't do something he regretted to the day he died that he did not do that interview we've got chris we've got david we've got greg we've got tim we've got gene you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA News Update. Israeli authorities say at least 22 people are dead and there are hundreds of casualties after today's surprise attack from the Hamas militant group. Israel has declared a state of alert for war in southern Israel, where rockets were fired from the Gaza Strip this morning. Hamas claims it has captured Israeli soldiers near the Gaza border. Over 250 casualties have been reported so far and 22 deaths. 
He's not heading back home to California yet. Kevin McCarthy is refuting recent reports suggesting his intention to resign from Congress following his removal as House Speaker. McCarthy clarified to reporters that the reports are untrue. That's John Schaefer reporting. The largest health care strike in U.S. history has come to an end without a contract deal. Kaiser Permanente employees will begin returning to work this morning at hospitals in California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. Dave Collins, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Whoa. So, therefore, this could have been a history-changing event, what David didn't do, which ends our participation in politics. But one more question, Chris. Did David Perkins have a day job? Yeah, he he was uh, he was an entrepreneur. He uh, had all sorts of pokers and all sorts of fires. He was the the senior editor of Western Spirit magazine, and he did. Um, he's like a day trader type guy. He's just a wheeler and dealer. Nothing, nothing really. He do projects. Is that close to being independently wealthy or just surviving? He was just really good with uh, with cash. Uh, he knew how to take money and make money with it. And he kept rolling it over and investing in his, in his research. He was able to uh, amass a library of, 
Oh, he, he didn't even know how big, 20,000 books maybe. How many do you think he had over at the house there, David, just there in Santa Fe? Oh, it's so hard to say, Chris. Uh, there was a lot, you know, devoted to uh, cattle mutilations, UFOs, but then it branched out into so many different uh, subjects, as you know. Uh, and I was told that that is only a fraction of the books that he had up in Colorado. Yeah, he had three times that amount in Colorado. He had a library, a little library in Colorado. Yeah, the one in Santa Fe was huge. I remember looking through his, uh, there was a whole section on New Mexico history. And then down even things like histories of specific tribes. Um, there was one on the Hickory Apache tribe, which is the people around Dulce, New Mexico, which everybody knows. Um, and there were names of families in there of people that I know in that tribe, which was kind of amazing for me to see going back, you know, back into the 19th century. And well, I think that's as far as the records went back. But uh, it was extensive. There was a whole section of science fiction. The whole section of uh, Western history, things like that, but it, it covered a lot. There was a whole section of biology and science. There was a a lot of books on ocean uh, oceanography and and uh, ocean biology. Just his, his mind went everywhere. It was amazing. And then he pulled all this information together into some of his theories um, about the mutilations and about the paranormal. He said that he thought the paranormal was the uh, was the key to. Her consciousness was the key to uh, tying together uh, all the paranormal fields and held something like the answer to that or some, something close to it. He never thought there was an answer. I think he was more interested in looking for it than finding it, which is the mark of a true scholar. The journey is a lot more interesting than the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so much of what you find on the way there is... Um, enriches your life, enriches the life of others, ties things together, and um, it, it, if you if people are listening that are interested in the paranormal, um, if you read widely in other subjects, I think it really reflects back on some of the UFO stuff and the paranormal stuff and cryptozoology, etc. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, read up on on. on <laughs> On theories of, uh, of the universe and physics, latest physics and theories of time and uh, dimensions and um, even things like human cognition and things like that. These things are all important. And, and David knew about these things and he was vitally interested in them. And we talked about it quite a bit. Helped help me out quite a lot. All right. Well, you referenced uh, UFOs. And uh, uh, Greg, you can take this, and then everybody else can uh, uh, chime in as well. But I mean, pop culture and UFOs associated with cattle mutilations. I mean, that's. I mean, you, there's there's even T-shirts, you know, with U, UFOs uh, uh, using tractor beams to pull uh, cattle up to them. But over the years, I mean, really, has there been that much? correlation between UFO flap areas and cattle mutilations? Chris could probably answer this better, but I don't think so. And Chris could also speak to this. The thing that fascinated me that both he and Chris found out, uh, David, Izzy, and Chris found out, was that the mutilations, are most of them tended to cluster downwind or downstream from nuclear facilities, waste places, um, test areas, all that and, you know, you could be very quick to say, well, then that must be it. The government must be monitoring. But that was the only correlation 
or the main one that they could find. Uh, and not really with, uh, you know, you, I think UFOs and cattle mutilation thing are, can very well be looked at as separate things. Although there's, there is a large area of overlap. Um, but I think it's a mistake to say aliens are taking, you know, cattle for whatever reason. And, you know, uh, I think Izzy would have said that right off. And I think Chris does say that because we've talked about it, right, Chris? Well, he would say you can't really factor them in, you can't factor them out. Um, there are, right, there are examples of a what appears to be a linkage between a flap area and outbreaks of cases. The Malmstrom overflights, uh, for instance, in '75 and '76, um, there were cattle mutilations. Some right in uh, rest- you know restricted areas where they would allow cattle to graze. Um, behind the fences around the missile fields. And um, the Ellsbury cases, for instance, as David uh, had brought up earlier, there were um, quite a number of UFO sightings in 73 around that area. And then later on, uh, prior to the wave, and then during the early parts of the of the cattle uh, death wave there, there were uh, these orange lights that were seen in fields, and, and people would report them and then go out there later and find you know, disfigured uh, livestock. So, so you know, and, and just to give you new, uh, another example, I mean, what, the only real wave of mutilations that occurred in Arizona happened in October 75, right before the Travis Walton case in November. So, you know, if, if you look, UFOs uh, tend to show up early um, in the case of... Um, Elbert County, Big Mama was an object that was seen by ranchers that would be putting out these smaller lights. They even tried to chase it with airplanes at one point. Law enforcement attempted to, and and it would it showed up uh, during uh, periods where cattle were being reported as being mutilated. Now, of course, all these reported to be mutilated. I mean, that's an apocryphal term because. As soon as the press got a hold of, of the, the story, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that saw a dead cow would go out and see what is conventional scavenging and report it as mutilation. So you have a morass of, of false positives uh, you know, kind of surrounding true cases. So you know, unless you're a veterinary pathologist and you're going to every single one, there's no way you're going to determine which cases are real, which cases are just induced by um, non-experts looking at, at things and misinterpreting what they're seeing. So um, I think the helicopters would be the real direct link. It's hundreds yeah, of helicopters. I would say that more, too. Yeah, great. Uh, well, Tom Adams wrote a book called The Choppers and Their Choppers, <laughs> which yes. listed out all these hundreds of reports of helicopters seen in and around mutilation sites before, during, and after. Um, yeah. So you had helicopters bedevil you too when you were in the uh, San Luis Valley. Yeah, yeah. I had a number of cases like that. In fact, I was in a helicopter flying around doing some videotaping. Of a benefactor had called me up and said, "Hey, what you doing?" I said, oh, "I'm just kind of working on around the house here." And he goes, "Great, I'm on my way down. I've got a helicopter." So he landed and uh, he got out. I got in a little two man helicopter and he. God, I think the thing was six hundred bucks an hour or something. 
I got to spend the afternoon traveling around the valley videotaping. Hey, we'll get into more of this helicopter trip and more with Chris and David and Greg, Tim and Gene. I got it all correct. You're in the Pedicast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's obvious. The unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? Need answers? Try our interactive tax assistant on irs.gov forward slash ITA. Simply select your tax questions, provide your information, and it gives you answers. 
Also, check our Help and Resources page and try our online tax map. 5,000 tax topics from A to Z. Plus, you can access forms, publications in a variety of formats. Jose works on a farm. Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. The David Perkins Roundtable with Chris, Greg, David, Gene, and Tim. We keep changing the order so everybody's ego is best served. Chris, you were talking about $600 an hour to rent a helicopter, but that's many years ago. It would cost, what, $1,200 now? Probably. Well, I, just to give you a, a sense of how much time I spent, we actually landed at the Alamos airport and, and got totally refueled and then went back our, on our merry way. This would, would have been in January of, or February of 1995. Uh, so we were over around the Greeny Mountain area, uh, just south of Monta Vista in the San Luis Valley. And um, we decided, you know, hey, my batteries ran out. Uh, of the camera, and um, you know, it was getting late, and so we were, you know, we were headed back in a beeline straight, the sixty miles back across the valley to, to Crestone, where 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 I lived, and where uh, Randy Rhodes was waiting for us, so they could fly back up to to Denver. And so as we're we're starting out to go across the valley at a diagonal, I, I look over at the, you know, I'd been looking out my window to the right the whole time. Not, not paying attention to the pilot. And look over at the pilot, and he's got his head back, his arms behind his head, and he's, he's staring the helicopter with his, his knees. And I go, what, what are you doing? I thought these things were, were really difficult to fly, and you know, you look like you're not even awake. He goes, oh, it's easy. And he lets the, his, he opens his knees and lets the, lets the, you know, the control arm you know, sort of dangle there, and he, he says, go ahead, try. And so I said, whoa, so I grabbed it. He said, just keep your feet off the pedals, off the rudders. But go ahead, and you can steer, and you go forward, you go down, you go back, you go up. Don't do anything, you know, drastic. And so I, I, I started flying. Statically stable. Say again? Aircraft are made to be statically stable, even helicopters. I think if you do nothing, they're supposed to just stay in the attitude that they're in. Go yeah, ahead. exactly. And so I, I, I started doing some swooping, and and I, I thought, hey, uh-huh. I'm going to go, I'm going to go buzz those cows over there. And so I, <laughs> I swooped down and I kind of buzzed this herd, and you know, it's kind of sashay off, you know, back towards Crestone. I just did one pass. I didn't, you know, go around and harass them or anything. I just swooped down. And so we go and we get back there and he lands and Randy and him take off. And the next morning, uh, somebody calls me up and says, did you hear about the black helicopter? It was yesterday afternoon. It was, it was stalking a herd 
uh, over there by uh, by Monta Vista. And I'm like, what? And I'm looking at it. And yeah, the rancher saw me swoop down at the at the cows. Immediately called the sheriff. The sheriff and two deputies chased after me and tried to keep up with me, but they have to do all these zigzagging on the on the county roads, and so they couldn't keep up with the helicopter was flying just straight. And so they lost they lost sight of me. And it made the Rocky Mountain News. Uh, mysterious black helicopter harasses herd. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> I hate to interrupt, Chris. You uh, raise an interesting point there. How many of those so-called black helicopter sightings of pe- crazy people like you having fun? Well, again, it, it's not all black helicopters. In fact, black is and all of drab would be the predominant colors of every color of the rainbow uh, helicopters. From mustard yellow to solid red to red and blue, white and blue, red and blue, uh, green, different shades of green. Um, some that are a couple rare ones are just with no paint at all. They look just like they were uh, unpainted. So, yeah, you, 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 you never know. I mean, it's impossible to be 100 percent, you know, sure of anything in this field. Uh, everything has is, is got to be looked at with a grain of salt or a block of salt and um, you've got to have caveats and, and uh, disclaimers all over the place to to be on, you know, intellectually honest but that's one thing that is it, it is a common denominator in many many waves as soon as there's a wave happening helicopters tend to, tend to show up and are reported we had a, a guy who was the postmaster of his town he had a you know, third generation branch had been a helicopter mechanic in the Navy. He woke up one night and all the trees outside were thrashing around and he knew that there was not supposed to be any wind or inclement weather. And so he ran outside and he looked up and right above the cottonwood trees around his house was this, he said, a big, like a sea stallion sized helicopter. Not a helicopter he could recognize the type but it was right above his trees, and the trees were whipping around. It was knocking branches off and everything. He said he could hear the sound of the of the wind from the rotor, the whooping sound, but there was no engine sound. And he said for, for a chopper that big to be silent, he, it really impressed him. Well, then it took off and, and went away. He went out the next morning and found four of his, his heads of livestock mutilated. And uh, it was quite quite upset about it and uh, when I went out to talk to him and interview him he um, was very open about the fact that he knew that there were cases going on that people were hiding and and not uh, reporting and that uh, he felt that um, as you know as a responsible citizen with a knowledge of helicopters having a helicopter like that over his house he felt was highly unusual and and he was uh, not happy that uh, he had been targeted so i don't know where do you want me to go with it from there <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh, let's let's ask uh, david we'll go back to the uh, uh, ufos and uh, cattle mutilations i mean you know what's uh, uh, what do you think about that 
Well, I would defer to Chris as the expert, obviously, on that. But uh, living here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I've gotten to be friends with uh, Greg Valdez, who's the son of Gabe Valdez, who I think uh, Greg or Chris mentioned earlier. He was the the New Mexico State Trooper who really uh, worked uh, closely with the mutilation uh, investigators uh, back in the 70s and I believe even into the early 80s. Right, Chris? Am I accurate in that? All the way into the 90s. Um I'm, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant when he was active with the police force. I'm sorry. No, he dovetailed his work. I mean, he his last work really in the field was um, as an investigator for the National Institute for Discovery Sciences. Right. Right. Would have put it up around 98, 99. Right. Right. But, Actually, uh, he was doing that in the early 2000s, too, when I, when I was working on Project Beta. He was working on it then, too. Well, he, uh, I know going through some of his notes and talking to uh, Greg, uh, some of their findings were that some of these mutilations were actually uh, done by people. Uh, scalpels, surgical gloves found, uh, atropine detected in some of the animals. And Greg, I think you've touched on this as well. Uh, I think in the movie uh, documentary Mirage Men, where uh, some of the helicopters were uh, rigged with lights to simulate UFO sightings. And am I accurate in that, Greg, or did you do any direct investigation on that? Well, the direct investigation was asking people that had been around at the time. I think Gabe might have found this out. And for whatever you want to take it for, um, I believe Richard Doty told me that was going on. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. The thing is, I mean, people bring up Doty. It's like, well, don't believe anything he says. Well, once in a while, he's going to say something that's true or close to the truth to shore up all the other stuff he says. That's the that's um, the best disinformation. <laughs> yeah. And the other reason I say that is because um, I talked to a couple of people, including Bill Moore, um, who has never misled me ever, depending. I, I know how people feel about him. Um <laughs> But both he and Gabe and I think one other person I talked to said that Benowitz um, had said there were UFOs flying over the what's it called the West Mesa area of Albuquerque mm -hmm. uh, nightly at certain times. And he, he would see them and he would see the lights um, and he was writing it down and logging it. And Morissette told me he walked, he drove out there Um to see what the lights were. And he said there were helicopters with lights hanging from them mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Who yeah. knows? I mean, I don't know if they were crop dusting or what, um, but they, they, they were helicopters with lights hanging from them. And I think it's not beyond, even though I don't know if there's any way to find this out for certain, it's not beyond the realm of uh, possibility that if you did want to conduct some sort of operation or see how people reacted or get people's attention drawn away or towards something and away from something else, you might take a helicopter and hang strange lights from it and flop from them and fly around. Before we fly around anymore, we have other things that will be flying in our way. We have Greg, we have Tim, we have David and Chris, and I'm Gene, they tell me. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you love reading about the mysteries of the universe? Do you wonder what secrets are hidden in the shadows of our own planet? 
If so, you won't want to miss these two amazing books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll explore the world of the mimics of man, beings that can look like us but are not. They've been among us since the beginning of history, hiding in plain sight, influencing our culture in ways we can scarcely imagine. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll discover the so-called hard evidence of UFOs that's been available for study this entire time, but for the most part has been ignored. These two books will open your eyes to a hidden reality that has been right in front of our eyes all along. That's Mimics, The Others Among Us, and Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. Available now on Amazon.com. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at the term lifeline we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above so if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance call right now for a free quote rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 that's 800-430-1891 Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Uh, I do wonder about those helicopters. See, you think, guys, and anyone can answer this, that maybe a lot of these helicopter things are disinformation people. I don't want to say that Richard Doty is running around the country or the world in a helicopter to mess people up, but still. What do you guys think? Well, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, and helicopters do not fly like regular aircraft, obviously. Also, there's another weird thing for whatever you want to take it. I interviewed Peter Jordan, who was a very early cattle mutilation researcher as well, and then he stopped for a while. Um, He wrote an article for Fordian Times, I believe sometime in the late 70s, And he said that he tasked remote viewers with what, and he would put pictures of, you know, cattle mutilations cases into envelopes, like the double, double blind envelopes, and then just have them tell him what their, his, their impressions were. And he said a majority of them said they saw helicopters with something done with the engines and blades to make them very quiet, which that when Chris mentioned that guy and that helicopter over his place, it reminded me of that, um, and that that this was this went very far towards saying that a lot of the mutilations are done by humans, uh, making people think it might be aliens or whatever for, for whatever reason. Maybe it has something to do with the uh, radiation and the spread of radiation or some other pathogen, which is what um, Gabe Valdez thought it was some sort of 
pathogen that might be mad cow or something else that they were trying to figure out what, how it had spread. But um, as Chris and David both told me many times, this does not answer every mutilation and everything that's ever happened in all the data, which is why the cattle mutilation thing is so fascinating. You, you put one theory on it and it doesn't really, it doesn't account for everything. Um, and I think that's what fascinated David and Chris and, and me as well. It's just, it's an enduring mystery and it's uh, more interesting to me to find out all the permutations of the, the theories about it rather than find an answer. Because if you're going to look for an answer, that's all you're ever going to see. You know, to, to, a, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And uh, when you're dealing with the paranormal, I think that's a really bad approach. Well, and Greg, uh, historically, that's not without precedence, correct? Using UFOs as a cover uh, when they were test flying the SR-71 before it had the black carbon composite. Commercial pilots were looking up and saying, we're seeing something, it's metallic, it's higher than any plane can fly, and it's moving faster than anything that we know of. Well, yeah, it was the SR-71. And the CIA helped promulgate the idea that, you know, oh, maybe those are UFOs, uh, when in fact we were simply uh, covering that you know, from the Soviets. I think that may be true, and I wrote that in Project Beta, I believe, but I've also heard that that was not actually the truth. That um, that may, they, that if people reported a UFO and it looked like it was the SR seventy one, they wouldn't say anything. But it wasn't it wasn't spread around as propaganda or anything like that. It wasn't suggested to people. They just thought, well, if people are thinking it's something weird, then it's something weird. Whatever, as long as they're not saying it's a high altitude spy aircraft. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think it was disinformation. It was more like disinformation by omission. <laughs> well, I was thinking, wasn't it um, Gabe Valdez who uh, uh, who had reported that in in some of these areas around Dulce that uh, where the cattle mutilations were taking place that that he himself had seen unusual aircraft overhead that he said looked like that uh, were, were being camouflaged. I think was the best way to describe it. Yeah, well, both he and uh, Benowitz, and I guess a few other people reported aircraft that look like they could not, you know, they were camouflaged by their background, and this was explained to me, I don't know, I, I, I haven't looked this up to find out if it was true, but there was some kind of development where an aircraft would have cameras on all around the aircraft, and it would project whatever was behind the aircraft to the opposite side of the aircraft. And I think Gabe looked into this and found out something about it. And he thought that's what it was. And then Benowitz had that actually, I think, buzzed to him by somebody because he was aware of it way back then. And I, the only reason I think that Benowitz was given this information was for him to say something and see who gathered around that information to figure out who was, you know, who were the actual spies and not just UFO researchers. That's the only reason I could think that things like that would be revealed or even hinted at to somebody like Paul Benowitz. But Gabe said he had also heard something like that, too, possibly from Paul, for all I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I should interject here uh, something as well. Please. Um, yeah, that, about the silent helicopters, um, I, I really do have a sense that we do have some sort of noise abatement technology that goes something like this, that they take the the actual sound wave of an engine and uh, variable, you know, ah. 
And what they do I, is they, they broadcast the exact opposite of that sound wave. Mm-hmm. Um, they figure out the, the negative version of that. And so when you broadcast it with the, with the sound of the engine, it's silent. Because yeah. essentially what you're doing is you're rendering the other one, the other sound invisible. And um, I had two Concert guys. level that, noise canceling. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be like uh, you know a kind of a I don't know sort of a a rough uh, explanation of, of the technology, but this this was uh, bolstered by two guys that uh, contacted me, and they said that they were up around uh, I think Eagle, Colorado, in the mountains, and they snuck onto a uh, Air National Guard uh, facility on like some holiday weekend and and they videotaped this too I, I wish I still had the tape it was really well done uh, you see the, the gloved hand go down and, and open the door which wasn't even locked <laughs> to the hangar <laughs> and they go inside and they start videotaping this helicopter that's in there and then th- they show these speakers that are right below uh, right where the rotor goes into the top of the helicopter where the shaft ah the rotor and there were two two loudspeakers that seemed to be pointed there and and i mean what other reason would you have loudspeakers on the top of a helicopter uh i guess for pointed up not pointed yeah. out so i always kind of felt that that um that um may have been some sort of sneak smoking gun evidence of that kind of noise reduction or noise abatement uh technology and there's a there was a McDonald Douglas commercial that I saw one time. And it's a dog laying on a porch, kind of facing the camera. Camera's looking down the porch, and behind the dog, this helicopter kind of comes into view. It it, it goes down below below the line of the roof, and it's hovering about forty or fifty feet away. And the dog is is you know just kind of hanging out. He's not doing anything. And uh, and then the helicopter kind of slowly goes up, and you hear you hear the dog scratching himself or doing something, and then the guy goes, you know, whistles, and the dog comes over. And so that whole time that helicopter was there, they're trying to you know suggest that the, the you didn't hear anything. And then as as the image fades away, the the, the line is, and and some people think that we make silent helicopters. <laughs> you know, or something like that. And I always thought it was like, whoa. Well, was this promo a, or something? Huh? Was this a promo for McDonald Douglas? Yeah, it was like a commercial for McDonald Douglas. Oh. And I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think I may have even seen it on TV on some, like, uh, I don't know, old one of the old Discovery or History Channel shows. Um, yeah. talking about military technology and then there's this McDonnell Douglas ad, you know. This was back in the uh, in the mid-90s and I saw this, so... The you know, um, I I've seen... If you didn't see that, is that somebody was just saying, here's one commercial, we've got this. <laughs> Do with that's, that what that's you the way they, That's the way they were trying to present <laughs> and it. Not yeah. directed at you and me, but directed at people who would say, who would be worried about it. Yeah. yeah. We'll be worried about something if we don't do this break with Chris and Greg and David and Tim and Gene. You're in the Pedicast. (laughs) 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Before we continue here, I wanted to make an observation about having negative sound get rid of positive sound. You know, some automakers nowadays will generate sounds through the infotainment systems to make engines sound different or better or more impressive. So if you want an impressive sounding engine, you don't need to buy a car with an impressive sounding engine. You just buy a car where the infotainment system is adjusted. No, you buy a Tesla and you don't have any engine sound. Well, if you can afford one. There was an idea to put some sort of noise or something on electric cars so people knew they were coming, like pedestrians. Yeah, I've heard that. Like a deer whistle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pedestrian, pedestrian whistle. Yeah. yeah. I'll That's tell you great. about my own experience in a Tesla. I was going to a hospital for some treatment. We want to get into that because Chris knows all about going to hospitals. So I called Uber or pinged Uber on my iPhone. And the guy comes in a black Tesla Model 3. Now, that's the current model. There's a new model coming out. Hopefully, it's better. The rear seat was the most uncomfortable seat. This car had the most uncomfortable ride of any car I've ridden in. It was rough riding like a, an old-fashioned sports car. And I wondered, heck, they're selling hundreds of thousands of these things. And I wonder about all the chiropractors who are busy addressing the bad backs from people who ride in Teslas. That's my story, and I won't change it. Let's get back to other things here. Trying to look at the mystery of cattle mutilations, honoring the work of the late David Perkins. I want to throw out something for all you guys here, and anyone can take it, and that is... With regard to the source, obviously there are a lot of human sources here, but it's common in this field to want to relate cattle mutilations to UFOs. Any possible relationship, Chris? Yeah, of course. Um, Anything's possible in this realm of the improbable. (laughs) You know, if I had to give a percentage of, you know, what, what are the most likely and least likely, you know, explanations... Aliens from outside of our planet would be the least likely explanation, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and the data would is there to kind of back that that up. I think if aliens needed to come here to grab cattle genitalia and and, and rear ends and tongues and eyes, either they have a really serious need for these parts for some sort of protein source, or as the popular theory is out there that they're they're gathering genetic material to hybridize their dying race because cattle hemoglobin is so close to human hemoglobin that that they prefer humans but but they'll they'll settle for cows my instant answer to that is then why don't they pick the lock on a abattoir or a slaughterhouse and inside there's you know thousands of gallons of genetic material that would suit their their needs and they could get it from there without anybody knowing. They could get one and be gone. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It doesn't make any sense from, you know, you got to have a reason to do something. There's got to be a, a rationale to do something like this on, on such a, a large grand scale. I just don't see 
an alien hypothesis um, as the perpetrator to be tenable. I think that uh, David in 79, he noted that if you go downwind and downstream of anywhere we utilize fissionable materials or mine those materials, uranium mines, uh, power plants, weapons enrichment facilities, missile silos, power plants, if you go downwind and downstream, you find areas of high incidence of cattle mutilations. He found this out very early on. And it's interesting, I, the only time I've ever tried to you know, predict anything in this realm was, I, I said to him in April 2011, when the Fukushima event happened and we had the big bloom of radioactivity coming across the Pacific, I said, hey, you know, David, if your you know, idea, your theory that there's a direct correlation between radioactivity uh, in the environment and, and the outbreak of cattle mutilations, we should be seeing cases on the West Coast. Now, prior to this, there had been very, very few cases uh, west of the Rockies. 90% of the cases happened east of the Rockies, or in the Rocky Mountains or east, especially out in the Front Range areas of you know, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and then out into Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, all the way into, you know, as far, far away as Arkansas and uh, Indiana, Illinois. You know, here we go. Boom. 2011, you have the big bloom comes over, you know, four days after the, the meltdown. It forks into two, two patterns, one that goes south, one that goes north. The north pattern here in California and Oregon. And much to my surprise, uh, we didn't know this at the time, but starting in 2012, mutilation started to occur on a ranch in Oregon. At last count, they're up around 200. Now, I'm really not supposed to be talking about this, but, you know, in, in honor of, of David's passing and, and my ego, <laughs> since that prognostication that we should start seeing mute cases there, we've had over 225 cases in Oregon alone. And there's some evidence to suggest that northern Nevada and northern California have had cases. Idaho has had cases. It, it still strikes me, all these years later, uh, after his theory was proposed, that here you have actual potential data to back up a theory when it comes to these slain cattle. It does not involve lip and eye stew and, and genetic material to hybridize dying races. Where they absorb the blood through their skin, and that's why they smell so bad. And that just doesn't make sense to me. I also think that if you uh, look at the at the possible connection between a terrible disease, uh, it's called prion disease. In cows, it's called mad cow disease. In sheep, it's called scrapie. In deer and elk, it's called chronic wasting disease. In humans, it's called Creutzfeldt Jakobs. Prion disease could be a motivating factor as well. And I have a sneaking hunch that the uh, some clandestine arm of the Centers for Disease Control in league probably with the beef industry is deathly afraid of the outbreak of mad cow disease in the food chain. Cattle being the largest income producer in agriculture. Now, that being said, I just want to remind the beef industry that I eat beef. I urge people to eat beef, but I would suggest that you eat, you know, organic, grass-fed, sort of from your neighborhood farmer or rancher. I don't want to be like Oprah and get sued for $2 billion uh, tomorrow um, when I wake up. 
But she said she'd never eat another hamburger again on the air on her show and got sued by the beef industry. So you're basically telling me here that if I want a hamburger, I stay away from one of those fast food outlets or get something or get something like the impossible burger or something like that. The well, I'm not, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just giving a disclaimer so I don't get sued by the beef industry. Hey, we could use a good lawsuit. The great publicity we'd yeah. get if we get sued by somebody because yeah, well, of course the station is not, not liable. It's just us. Whatever. That would be the only <laughs> we've got more to come with David and Chris and Gene and Greg and Tim. You're in the Pedagast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is an urgent warning. America is heading for another major financial disaster at an alarming rate. We could see stock prices fall as much as 50%, but this time the crash could be more violent and come faster than you ever imagined. We are Advantage Gold, America's most trusted precious metals company, and we are here to sound the alarm that winter is coming for investors. And now is the time to take actions that may help protect and secure your portfolio with physical precious metals. Want to help protect your hard-earned money before it's too late? Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and request our free gold and silver survival kit today. Mention that you heard us on the radio and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver coins. The number is 800-900-8000. Call now to get your free survival kit and see if you qualify for $1,000 in free silver today. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA News Update. A United Airlines flight to Tel Aviv was diverted back to San Francisco and numerous flights are being canceled after the Hamas attack on Israel yesterday. Weekend flights to Tel Aviv on United as well as on American and Delta Airlines were listed as canceled as well. Several airlines around the world announced they're canceling flights to Tel Aviv as a result of the fighting between Hamas and Israel. President Biden making it clear that Israel has full U.S. support. In this moment of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world and to terrorists everywhere that the United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. Biden spoke in front of reporters at the White House yesterday about Hamas surprise attack on Israel. He also had a stern warning against any party hostile to Israel wanting to exploit the attacks for their own benefit. Dave Collins, USA News. What if Extendivite really works, but you find that hard to believe and you spend precious time looking for someone to say, just try it. I have my help today because of Extendivite, and if I did not take a leap of faith and try it, well, I would be on disability today. Take one bottle of Extendivite as suggested for 60 days to find out for yourself. No need to stop any other meds you may be on. You know by now that they are not working for you. Before the 60 days are up, I know that you will feel Extendivite working for you and will want to take another bottle. Life is too short. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Overt.
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Hey, we've got an episode of the Paracast, April 26th, 2015. We remember Tom Adams, and of course, David Perkins joined us then. So if you want to hear David Perkins in action, listen to that episode. He was also on a couple of episodes uh, with you and I uh, back in the... I think around uh, 2010, 2011. You just go to our site and there's a little search thing so you can find it. Greg Bishop, what's your take on this here with regard to a possible UFO connection with cattle mutilations, especially when you talk about the co-creation theory of this phenomena? I don't know how I would would shoehorn the co-creation theory into it, except that I was just listening to Alan Watts. But I was in the car driving up from San Diego to get here and do this. And he mentioned something. Whatever, wherever you are, you are at the center of wherever you are. And people don't realize that. That they are at the center of their their set of senses and uh, experience. That does not mean you're at the center of it. So when people talk about theories that they've come up with or ideas that they've come up with, they have to remember that it has to be supported by more than your ideas about it or anything like that. But when you talk about UFOs, it's really hard to get any kind of that data. As Chris pointed out earlier, there is data available showing that UFOs or something that looks like them show up around a, uh, about a majority, but a lot of cattle mutilation uh, uh, sites. To make a causal, like a direct causal connection between the two past that there are lights that people don't know what they are and there are mutilated cattle that's about the only one i think you could honestly make anything going past that as chris said about hybridization and all that is anthropomorphization of, of the issue meaning we're thinking about it in the way that we're used to thinking about it we're we're the center of that of that universe or that attention or that subject Whatever is going on, uh, divorcing it from the human thing and the alien thing, I don't think it really cares what we think, except in as much as David used to say, it was a example of the planet basically trying to heal itself. And whatever that nature spirit is, just saying, you know, the cattle industry is harming the planet, and so the planet's fighting back. 
but that has nothing, really nothing to do with the UFO subject to me, um, at least on the face of it. A great advertisement there for Impossible Burgers. No, it's the Impossible Whopper. It's one of them. And then there's Beyond Beef, which is the other plant-based meat equivalent. Either of you guys, yeah, any of you guys so. ever have one of those fake hamburgers? I had the Beyond oh, Bacon, which I found very good. I liked it. I haven't had, uh, I, I've had, well, I've had a couple of the Beyond Beef thing. I, I don't particularly care for them. I've really cut down on, on my meat consumption and, uh, quite a bit. The older I get, the, the yeah, I have too. I, I just I don't eat it as much. Um, I I even cut, cut down on my chicken and and uh, fish as well. Um, I find myself uh, just not requiring that kind of uh, protein for some reason. Um, but I want to uh, sort of touch back on what what Greg was saying. Um, I think it's it's important to you know you have to cast cast a, a wide open net when you're dealing with the cattle uh, death mystery. Um, Linda Howe has heard her say a new, number of times that, oh, all the, all the helicopter sightings are um, UFOs masquerading as helicopters. Uh, now, we do have a report of a deputy sheriff in Los Animas County who does claim that he saw a helicopter turn into a silver ball and shoot off. And this was while he was going out um, on some uh, a cattle case, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I have footage of a helicopter turning into a silver ball. It doesn't shoot off, but it turns into a, a bright silver orb because of the way the sun is hitting the canopy, which is curved. And it's shooting off a, a light bloom that totally obscures the, the helicopter, which appeared to be about five or six miles away. So... You know, appearances can be deceiving, and I think um, deception is a major element that um, people tend to kind of forget when they're talking about uh, UFOs and, and cattle deaths and and um, even hauntings and, and other uh, paranormal-type uh, phenomena. I think there's an element of, of deception. There's an element of... of uh, sort of trying to get you to look at the right hand while the left hand's, uh, uh, you know, busy doing the real uh, dirty deed or whatever it is. I, I think there's a lot, a lot of subterfuge and misdirection and and um, a lot of psychological games uh, that are being played. And that, that being said, I think you need to look at the organs that are taken, the fact that it's the only blood-based paranormal phenomena Besides stigmata, which is kind of in its own little box, but it's the only one that also leaves behind thousands of pounds of physical evidence. Now people tend to forget that. And so, what you know, what have we found? Well, as Greg mentioned earlier, uh, and David as well, we found all sorts of things in cows: coagulants, anticoagulants, barbiturates, um, potassium cyanide was found in the ocular fluid of one cow, and Utah, uh, and, and these are you know scientific tests that are being done on these animals post mortem. Uh, hell, Sam Walton, uh, you know the, from the the Walmart uh, fortune, uh, he had a ranch in, in Benton, Arkansas, back in the seventies, and he had uh, I think a string of mutilations, and and uh, in one of the cases, 
they found nearby what appeared to be an altar, some sort of like an occult, uh, where some sort of occult type uh, practice had, had taken place. And when they autopsied the animal and they did the workup of, of the animal, they found that the animal's blood contained mescaline, <laughs> the psychotropic uh, chemical found in a certain type of peyote cactus. Uh, so, you know, there's coagulants, anticoagulants, um, all sorts of ketamine, um, nicotides, no copper in the blood, too much copper in the blood. There's a lot of physical evidence that people tend to slough off and, and become intellectually dishonest and don't, don't address when they use the UFO subject as a end-all, be-all, one-size-fits-all answer for this mystery. It's way more complicated than that. If only it would be so easy to be able to just, you know, say, no, it's UFOs, we're done. It doesn't quite work that way. There's multiple groups. Uh, it's pretty obvious to, to myself, and it was obvious to David, that there are multiple groups and multiple agendas sort of overlaying their particular agenda over on top of the others, sometimes using the others' agendas to hide their own. There's different categories of cases. There's different proficiency levels that are used uh, to perpetrate some of these uh, cases. Nobody talks about uh, all the consolidation of ranching that went on in the 70s and 80s when 70 to 80 percent of our family ranching operations that were commercially selling beef to the beef industry. They're all gone now, and all that land and all, all, that, uh, all that beef has been sucked up into the, the big industrialized cattle farms and, um, and, and feedlots that we see now around the West. And if, uh, if, if anything could be uh, an unsung you know, possible culprit here, it's the beef industry itself. I have a case where a rich rancher uh, was aiding and abetting helicopter crews that were flying out of his ranch and going to the neighboring ranches that he couldn't buy out. He was trying to expand the ranch. He was trying to buy these people out. They would not sell. And so, boom, boom, they get, start getting mutilations. Let's break it here, and we'll continue with one more segment with Chris and Gene and Greg and Tim and of course, David, you're in the Pentecost. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. Extend your life with Extendovite. Everyone around me seems to get sick but me. My brother got the flu twice. My mother was down with some sort of fever. People at work were taking sick days off and others were just plain tired and run down. And me? Well, I just keep feeling great all the time with Extendivite. My grandfather used to talk about the power of garlic and other herbs he took that kept him healthy. I'm lucky. Extendivite was just what I needed to keep me healthy. And Extendivite is all natural. Extendivite was designed for the heart but does so much more by keeping me healthy all the time. I'll take Extendivite forever. Get your two-month supply for only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. My name is Rick, and you can be like me. Just by calling one 877 928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com Extend your life with Extendovite If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're featuring David and Chris and Gene and Greg and Tim talking about the late David Perkins. So we had two Davids on the show. In any case, I was thinking here, when we talk about this, the conspiracy, we have large companies doing stuff to get rid of small companies so they can take over. I mean, just look at the grocery store. Can you find a local grocery store anywhere? Maybe in some small town somewhere. But now, for example, Kroger is a major chain in the U.S. They own Fries and Kroger and a 
couple of others, I think Fred Meyer and a few others that you've heard about. They're going to be merging with Albertsons, which also owns Safeway. So when and if this appears, three chains will become one. No doubt there will be fewer workers, although they claim otherwise. Prices will go up, although they claim otherwise. And it's just like everywhere. The entertainment industry is consolidated tremendously. Like Disney acquired the 20th Century Fox movie library, not the news channel or the independent stations. So looking for a conspiracy, Chris, it makes perfect sense to me. Well, yeah, it it does. And, you know, I think if you can get, like my example I was given, you can get three former county sheriffs to go on, on the record, video cameras rolling, that the rancher that owned the Taylor Ranch, John Taylor, was aiding and abetting teams that were mutilating cattle in the in the surrounding community. That's that's a that's that's a major step. That's the first time anyone's been actually named by law enforcement as as being somehow involved in this. Uh, no one's ever been charged or, or or convicted of the classic cattle mutilation. Although a guy in England in 1902 was <laughs> was was convicted of horse slashing. <laughs> So, yeah, I caution everybody out there when, you know, I, God, I unleashed a meme on, on the world when I, I first noticed that somebody had drawn a UFO over a cow on one of those yellow, you know, open range uh, signs that you see in the West. And um, I innocently put, you know, took a picture of it and put it online back in, in the 90s. And now it's blossomed into this meme that has spread around the world. Now they're making earrings and all sorts of, you know, gift ideas and lamps and whole pavilions at, uh, at you know, down in Albuquerque, they had a, a whole pavilion that was featuring <laughs> UFOs sucking up cattle into beams of light. So with beams of light, uh, it's funny how these things uh, work sometimes. <laughs> and I, I think I was the one that, that unleashed that one on the world. <laughs> That and the black helicopters. Well, according to Kevin Randall. Oh, that ah. was funny. Yeah. There we go with that. I thought that was John Randall Peel the black helicopters. We're overlapping here. Greg, you had something to say? I thought John Keel first talked about black helicopters. About that. He first talked about mystery aircraft and helicopters. I don't know about black helicopters. But in Jim the way Keith. that we know them. Jim Keith was the one. Oh, okay. It wasn't Keel. I just remember reading things about mystery air, aircraft in Keel's. But Kevin Randall blamed me. <laughs> we had him on the Paracast, and, and, you know, Randall being a, you know, a helicopter pilot in the military and stuff, uh, uh-huh. and, and been a helicopter pilot for 50 years or something, um, I, uh, I asked him, I said, well, what do you think about all the black helicopters? When, when did all this start? Uh, when, when do you, you know, who do you, who do you think kind of started all this? And he goes, well, it was you. Wasn't it? It was you. And I said, what do you mean, me? He says, yeah, you're the one. You're the one that started this whole thing about black helicopters. And I said, well, I'm in the book, Black Helicopters Over America, but that doesn't mean I started it. You blame it on the author, Jim Keith. <laughs> yeah. He was the one. And he, he met me for my interview at the northwest corner of the Safeway parking lot at like 1232 <laughs> or something. You know, just the most cloak and dagger interview I've ever been involved with. Very bizarre. <laughs> Just be grateful there's still at that time a Safeway parking lot. 
after yeah. this merger, if it occurs, who knows what they'll call it. Yeah. Well, getting back to David, I, I felt it was really important to get together and, and at least uh, you know, do a, a bit of a memory lane uh, retrospective. I mean, there's so much more that, that we could have gone into, but, um, you know, I think he, uh, he deserved uh, a lot more attention and a lot more acknowledgement for the work that he did, even though it wasn't something that he was particularly cared for. He didn't get the respect and, and the, the acknowledgement I think he deserved, and I, I thought it was important. And I really um, thank Gene and Tim and, and, of course, Greg and David for coming in and, and commiserating and, and sort of talking about some of the things that he was really absolutely fascinated by. And, well, I mean, I could be here for, for hours talking about some of the stuff that we got ourselves involved with. And so I know you guys are all busy bees out there. So I'd like you guys to take a little time and tell me the things that you're working on that listeners can check out. So, David Marler, if someone wants more information about the things you do, where do they check you out? Well, the National UFO Historical Records Center is a nonprofit organization which is really designed to try to preserve these legacies, these collections that Chris was alluding to at the top of the show, trying to make sure that this information doesn't wind up in a landfill and really trying to have an alternate location if the family doesn't want the material and if they don't have another avenue for it. You know, we're in the process of centralizing all that data in Albuquerque. Our website's www.nufo. HRC.org. One final comment I'd like to make regarding Izzy is obviously Chris has done an incredible job preserving his legacy and, and including his information in his books and his research. But for early research in what Izzy did, uh, I would recommend looking at the early issues of a newsletter called Stigmata, which was part of uh, Project Stigma by Tom Adams. And Izzy was a pivotal member of that group doing early research. Chris, are those available online now, or do you still have to try to hunt down old hard copies? No, actually, uh, Ray Boucher and researcher from the Netherlands uh, put together a compendium. So oh, excellent. it's the collected works of Tom Adams and Chopper and the Choppers is in there and UFOs over and under New Mexico is in there and the few issues of Crux that he did with Krista Tilton. Excellent. I, I had to scrounge up the old hard copies back in the day, but uh, that's great. So in memory of Izzy for his early research and work on, in the field going back to the 70s, I'd highly recommend people check those out if they haven't seen them. Chris, what are you up to these days? I'm up to a lot of things. Uh, for some reason, the, the media has been banging on my door a lot. Um, I'm in, in development of a reality show that's going to look at the cattle death mystery. Many have tried. I don't give this one much chance of, of succeeding, but... Uh, Evidently, there is a, a, this production company does have a, a network interested. I'm shooting a, a segment for um, Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, very interesting case that I've been working on over the past 10 years. It's probably going to end up being two episodes. I'll be on an upcoming Unsolved Mysteries uh, program that's looking at the uh, Oregon cattle death cases. I'm providing some overview of the, the whole mystery, debut some real sensational information about what actually has been going on in Oregon. I have tons of other things going on. I'm keeping real busy. Greg, what have you been up to these days? I'm occasionally doing my show. I'm working on another book. And most recently, there's a show on Netflix that was produced by Amblin called Encounters that I did some consulting on. 
I've been hearing good things about it. I haven't really seen it, but it, bos- it basically focuses on the, the personal experiences of people that have had encounters with aliens, UFOs, whatever you want to call them. The thing that he, me and my friends and Chris and have been crowing about for years about let's look at things besides aliens from other planets and how it affects people. I think that's what the the aim of the show is to emphasize that. So I'd encourage people to take a look at that. You can find us on Threads, Twitter, and Facebook as the Paracast. It's not Twitter, it's X, but who cares? I'm going to call it Twitter anyway. Check out our branded merchandise at theparacast.shop and check out the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus where we give this show free of the network ads with better audio and the exclusive After the Paracast podcast where this team will reconvene for more discussion. Use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, to get a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subs, theparacast.plus. So, of course, David Marler, Chris O'Brien, Greg Bishop, all you guys, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Sure, thank you. I enjoyed it. And thanks for having the, the memorial show, Gene. Paracast featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>